you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, Brian Reeves, and Brad Miller. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. Pretty good. It's a busy week, second week of the NASCAR season, and we have a lot to go through, so let's jump right into it. Uh, last week, uh, the night of the record was supposed to be the start of the peak antifreeze series for the pros and it got rescheduled um there was some kind of uh server glitch during the qualifying procedure so what'd you guys hear about this yeah so there was some kind of thing where people couldn't qualify or not everybody could qualify and they didn't really specify, you know, what the situation was. They still ran a race. I actually saw that uh, Alfala won it, but it was an unofficial race due to some kind of server problem. Yeah, I was at work, and I pulled it up on my phone and uh, watched a little bit of it. I thought it was a real race, though. I didn't get to see the start, didn't, and uh, really... It's kind of loud, so I couldn't hear what the announcers were even saying, but had the phone up on the end of my desk and just had the sound turned down watching it. Now, I don't know if it's uh, related, but it sure seems to be. That same day, Tony Gardner posted up that the East Coast was experiencing an Internet outage uh, across many businesses and services uh, because of the Amazon uh, cloud computing actually had some kind of problem. Uh, but he basically posted up saying, hey, our iRacing is not affected, actually. But it happened to be the same day that they had this problem with the uh, peak race. So I have no idea if it's related or not. But yeah, apparently Amazon, uh, one of their uh, programmers, you know, typed in the wrong code or something somewhere. And it shut down basically all of their web services. And there's a lot of people that host their websites there, businesses and whatnot. So uh, there was a lot of problems on the internet that day. Yeah, I didn't have any issues when I got on iRacing that afternoon. I was expecting there to be some sort of issue since I'm here on the East Coast, but didn't have any kind of issue when I hopped into practice that afternoon. All right, so they're going to run it later on. So the other thing about uh, that, uh, to wrap up Daytona, which was last week, uh, we had spoke about the uh, new Facebook page, the NASCAR iRacing series that uh, a couple teams have put together. And they put up some neat stats. Uh, they went through all the results for the NASCAR iRacing series at Daytona and came up with some neat numbers here. I wanted to read these off. Uh, NIS fixed had uh, 2,139 racers, the Open, 1,424. So that was interesting, uh, that stat alone, to see you know how many more people ran the fixed. 
and it resulted in 70, 79 winners in fixed and 55 winners in open. And most laps completed, 996 by Brian Fricke. But he must have ran every, uh, every 500 you could run. And it looks, it looks like, you know, based on the 996, maybe he missed four. Or it was four laps down or something like that. He ran a lot. And uh, former teammate Dave Smith uh, takes the honor for the most poles in both fixed and open. He had three in open and three in fixed as well. So congrats to Dave Smith. So let's talk about uh, Atlanta. How did you guys do? I hate Atlanta now. <laughs> Same. I uh, I really was disappointed. We had a really good car, I think. And for the open, my best was a 15th. I uh, got punted with somebody having fresher tires and ran over with me with about 12 to go and went from 8th to 15th. And you only got the one start? No, I had a, a earlier one um, and got taken out very early. Uh, somebody else wrecked and me and a couple other people just couldn't avoid it. It just bottled up the track right there off of turn four and we got killed. That's a tough week, man. It was. It was. And I was I was just I was chomping at the bit ready to go and and like I said before the season started, you're sitting there thinking, We've got this, we've got this and then you hit a bunch of old nose. Right. So uh, teammate Matt Bully put up uh, some neat graphics uh, that show everyone's finish on the team and so forth. So, Brad, you had a 17th and fix, 15th and uh, open. Yeah, I don't know what you you guys thought about the uh, fixed, but I thought it was pure junk. What, the yeah, Atlanta was... setup? The Atlanta or, setup. Or the racing. I don't the racing was fine. I just felt like, you know, I mean, like, there's a lot of times if you save your tires, you can start passing people and stuff like this. But even when you were trying to save tires, you were just sliding all over the place with everybody else. I mean, it, it almost got to where you might as well run hard because you're going to get eaten alive anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's more like it wasn't. A least feeling it was a more it was tight that it was loose you know it was really inconsistent the setup was weird i tried to fix it in the a fix that i did and i thought it felt great for a while but it's just weird it would tighten up it's like you're trying to force it down but it won't do what you want it to yeah i actually ca captured a quote from you right after the race carlos you said the car was everywhere from tight to loose changes all over Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just I never got a feel for the car. I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
And in yeah. a $500 mile race, I ought to be able to get a feel for a car, and I didn't. It's it's weird because Vegas this week isn't quite like that. I kind of can tell what the car's doing now for this week. For some reason, I don't know what it is. Probably the asphalt. It's different. I just feel like I'm able to feel the edge more now. Yeah, that was the other thing, too. You could come off the turns, and you think, oh, yeah, I got it, got it, got it. And then all of a sudden, you were going through the grass at 190 miles an hour, and praying to God you could stop it before you slid back up on the track or something. Before you hit the wall three times like I did? Yeah. Did everybody have that issue this week? I did that at least once or twice. I went through the grass, I don't know, four times at least on Wednesday. Thing is, too, (laughs) me, I just... Once I'm pretty sure it's lost, I, I just crank it to the right and hope it goes back on track away from people so it don't hit nobody, but it brings out a yellow. Is it the best yeah. way to do things? No, but, you know, I'm tired of it. Yellow's not coming out. Might as well just, if it's already lost and it's accidental, might as well just let it continually accidentally going back to the track. Or, yeah, you don't want to lose a lap, and that's what happens if the yellow doesn't come out. Well, Brad, you you know, you're still leading everybody in standings. You're third in the third division right now in the open. Yeah. But I I, I you know, if if we had a junk race car and we finished the way we did, I would say okay. But for the open, I felt like we had a pretty doggone pretty doggone good car and just a missed opportunity. I, I, that's the way to put it. A missed opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so some other people's events. Let's talk about Matt Bowley. He got a 20th. He got a blown engine, 32 minutes. He only lost six I rating in .3 SR. Um, his quote was, I wrecked and I didn't really get a solid run, but it felt like it got more stable the deeper in the race I got. Oh, as a truck, a track rubbered in, it, you know, he, it felt better for him, apparently. Well, Jose and Matt both, I think, had a shot for a win, but just things went wrong at the wrong time. Yeah, Jose got wrecked. Yeah, he was, uh, I don't know if he was leading, but he was up there and got turned by somebody, I think, on the yeah. Sunday Open. Yeah, he lost, on Wednesday, he lost an engine, yeah. I think we all lost an engine on Wednesday. <laughs> so Not me, I got right? a top 10. I got 10. Oh, that's right. I, after wrecking early, uh, had three minutes, 30 seconds in repairs. I got a lucky dog at one point that really saved my race. And so it was a good result, and I was really happy with it. I'm, you know, very relieved uh, after, you know, being involved and being able to bring it home, you know, after being through the grass and all that other stuff. Yeah, I did three open races, the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. <laughs> the best one was, what, Thursday at 15th? That was just because I somehow got lucky to come back to two laps down. But the other ones was 30, I think it was 35th out of 36 cars where I finished. In both right. races that were, uh, I think it was Wednesday and Friday, those two, I finished absolutely awful in. Just want to get away from this track. <laughs> Brian, you had the best result of the team with a fifth and open. Yeah, I had a third, but there was some kind of technicality where the guy in second spun the tires and then door slammed me, and I got put into the grass, and when the yellow came out, 
by the time everything got sorted on the last lap, it put me up into third again, and then at the end of the race, it put me in 13th. Ooh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have really cared, that. but yeah, I mean, I just got, I contacted iRacing, they told me that I got a black flag on lap 160 when I got door slammed, but I never saw it, I don't know if you ever saw it when you were watching me, but. I did not. Yeah, if I saw it, I would have served it, but they're telling me I got one and never served it, so it put me at the end of the lead lap. Well, I didn't come in as your spotter or crew chief. I just came in to watch the race because there was only, when I got in there, I think there was only about six laps to go. My race had finished. Yeah, that was a good race for me, though. I mean, I uh, I had a mistake, um, came into pit road too fast and had to come and do a stop and hold. Um Ended up going two laps down with like 50 to go. Ended up working my way back. Um, got the lucky dog and got back on the lead lap with 10 to go and then worked my way up to eighth. That was a really good one. Yep. And then um, the uh, I got a fifth and another one. I forgot what happened throughout it, but the one that I got third, I was kind of upset. I'm really upset about that one, kind of, because I was only two laps away from leading the most laps of the race, too. It was a really good... Really good setup, the open setup this week, man. The fixed, another story. I blew an engine in every single race. Couldn't couldn't avoid getting into everybody else's mess. I mean, I was working my way up, was in the top five for most of the race, and always got caught up in somebody else's mess. Yep. And uh, Tyler uh, Conroy, he only got a 28th in fix, so pretty bad day for him. Uh, Thursday fix was bad for me. I'm 19th. Jose was 17th. Um, earlier that day, I ran with Carlos in the in the day race. Carlos, you were in top split uh, that day. Yep, disappointing finish. Yeah, I had a good run going. I had a top 10 going. I got pinched real bad when I was on the bottom and got wrecked basically. So that was a bummer. So, yeah, Atlanta, it's done. So, again, NASCAR iRacing Series uh, Facebook page, they put up the same uh, kind of stats as they did at Daytona for Atlanta. So here's the Atlanta stats. NIS fixed, 1344, 1,344 racers, open 817 racers. But, boy, that number really drops off from Daytona, huh? Yeah, you definitely notice it later in the week. Definitely on Sunday, the races get pretty slim. And by slim, I mean there's still three, four hundred people in it, but you don't see the seven, eight hundred people you see on uh, Friday night. Right. Most points scored is another thing they uh, published. Matt Busa, 353 and fixed, and open was Derek Bordeaux, 375. Obviously, top split guys. Most laps completed, Carl Hayes, 730. Yeah, I was watching some of that Integrity race they had yesterday at Atlanta. Yeah. Busa won that one. And you could see he was really harvicking the track on that line through both one and two and three and four. Digging the bottom, you mean? Oh, yeah, right on it. Literally tire on the line, but, man, that's hard to do. All right. 
And thoughts on Vegas. We actually have Jose Pabon in a test session as we speak, working on our setup for us uh, for tomorrow. What do you guys think about Vegas coming up? Well, if we don't wreck, I think we got a good shot at something, at least a decent finish. Yeah, it'll be yeah. survival again, won't it? Yeah, survival. I, I'm ready for it. This should be pretty interesting, pretty similar to, I think, last week. It's a similar track, you know, similar style banking, only about four degrees off. Similar size track and everything. We should be, I think it'll be pretty interesting. I could just say this right now to everyone listening. Uh, the lane, the line you want to run in one and two is going to be probably two, the second groove or a groove off the bottom. It just seems to be more speed there, so throwing that kinda out like there. Kind of like Michigan, three and four? Yeah, kind of. Three and four, you're right on the line. At least I'm right on the line, three and four, and up a groove or two, and one and two. Seems like nice. you're able to carry more speed because of the bumps that are down there in the bottom. It just kind of slows you down. Well, get used to Vegas. I understand that uh, NASCAR is looking at adding it as a second race to Vegas. So we may be going there more often. So New Hampshire is going to lose a date and uh, Vegas is going to gain one, apparently. The other rumor is uh, Charlotte in the fall is going to be the Charlotte Road Course. Oh, no, they're running the Oval. Oh. From what I just saw it earlier, they're going to run the Oval in October instead of the Road Course. Maybe next you got year. You got me all excited there for a second. I know, that was a great idea. I just saw an article on something earlier. I said that they're going to run the over. Yeah, maybe in 2018 they'll do it. Yep. All right, Brad, what's next? Uh, let's see here. I think it's Martin Kroenke, right? Yep. All right. Uh, last year's champion, Martin Kroenke, and the Coanda Sim Sport take the win. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, in the IWCGPS season premiere i did not get to watch that i was working but uh, uh it looks like he picked up right where he left off right yeah he beat uh hutu uh, he had a seven second lead apparently so uh yeah we're not going to follow this series too close on the podcast but we'll mention you know who won and so forth if we know yeah i i, I like to watch it when i'm off but you know, when I'm working, it's it's hard for me to take the time to to watch their race in the replay because I want to go race myself. Yeah, yeah. VirtualGripNetwork.net uh, has a great write up about the the race and what happened and so forth. Uh, so check that out. All right, uh, I'm going to pick up the next one. It's kind of a rambling topic about. You guessed it, dirt. <laughs> but uh, Tony Gardner, CEO, he took to the forums to talk about it uh, uh, late la early last week. Uh, talking about week 13, and they were basically haven't officially decided if they were going to include it in the update uh, or not, uh, the quarterly update that they're doing this week. And... Um, You know, just, hey, we're thinking about it, you know. Uh, you know, we haven't decided if it's going to be in the release or not. And then later, 
they published out all of a sudden, hey, we got a new track coming. It's Volusia Speedway from Florida. So this is the one that's over by Daytona, right? Yeah, it's Volusia County. They have during speed weeks for Daytona. I mean, they're down there for like a week and a half. So you have a lot of cup guys that own dirt teams and late model teams, and they run Volusia Speedway in Volusia County. And there's, you know, if, if you were to take off and go down there for, say, the shootout and the 500 and going to be there all week, you could see more racing. It would about make you sick. I mean, they're just running all the time. Yep, looks like it's a pretty cool track, uh, really packed, kind of slick-looking dirt. Yeah, I think those two speedways are within about a mile and a half of the speedway. All right. And then uh, on March 3rd, iRacing uh, finally let it out on Twitter. Uh, the target for dirt is March 29th. And then uh, Steve Myers also confirmed that on the forums uh, later that day. And he said um, that they're targeting a, a release of some kind of oval dirt racing by March 29th. So that's about two weeks after the build that will get released. And... Um, if the open issues are fixed quickly, it very well could be before the 29th, but we're committing to do our best to release some combination of the dirt content by March 29th. Thank you for your patience, and we really are excited at how this is turning out. We think you will love it. And so it sounds like they're going to put out at least a car and a track is what it kind of sounds like, like a minimum. They're not going to put out everything they've been working on. Next yeah. thing uh, they put out on this, three days later, uh, we got a new video of uh, racing a winged 410 Sprint car at Williams Grove Speedway from an in-car kind of camera uh, with virtual reality goggles. And uh, boy, it's a pretty neat looking uh, video. It really gives you a sense of speed. Uh, these guys are carrying in the corners is insane. Yeah. Can you imagine trying not to bump into somebody if they if you had like twenty cars out there? Jesus. And it if you listen to the throttle input, it, it kind of like an Indy car. He's like flat out on the straights, and when he gets to the corners, he's just barely you know breathing that throttle out, you know, and just powering through those corners. And that's yeah. exactly why I prefer a dirtly model. <laughs> You just get more forgiveness and time to think. Well, this uh, winged 410 Sprint car is like a huge engine with a big old wing on it with tons of downforce, right? Yeah, they run methanol. They're 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 just weight to, weight to horsepower ratio and torque is just unbelievable. I think everyone forgets, you know, dirt. When we say that, it's a variety of tracks and cars, you know, and I forget how many different cars these guys are working on, but they have, how many dirt cars are there? There's going to be at least five, right? 
Not sure. I know of three. You got the wing sprint car. You got the non-wing sprint car. You got the dirt late model. You got the Craftsman trucks or the Camping World trucks. That's four. What else? Oh, they have the Ford Focus rally car. They remember they announced that too. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah me too. They haven't even announced any tracks that those are going to run on yet, have they? No. Do you think dirt racing will be kind of like, say, a Bristol, more of a rhythm thing than a go in there and see what you got in the turns? More like you just do the same thing every it's lap. It's throttle input. It's all going to be throttle input is what I think. And then again, the, the groove's going to move. So I, I guess it won't be, but it was just a thought. All right. I like the little teaser that he put in there. But if we get it sooner, we'll release it. So you're you're like always on edge for that. All right, let's move on. Uh, Brad, uh, tell us about Ty Majewski. Uh, uh, the 2017 iRacing World Championship. Oh, Jeez, we already did dude. that one. Oh, okay. Ty Majewski. Okay, Roush Fenway development driver and highest-rated iRacing member. Ty Majewski talks about his journey. Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't been able to watch this yet. Uh, I think it's a YouTube uh, video, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's an interview about uh, Ty Majewski that they put out there. And he's, he's actually got all kinds of news this, this last week. Uh, he got announced uh, to run the Xfinity race on June 24th. So he's going to have his first NASCAR start. That'll be cool. That will be at, what, Iowa? Yep. They say what team yeah. is running or in what car, I mean? Well, no, he's in a Roush car, obviously. Oh, so you know they got to run another Roush car or replace somebody? <laughs> I don't think they announced that. But uh, later on, on, t on Twitter, uh, I think it was Steve Myers indicated that uh, iRacing is going to be on the... That uh, no, was in the forums. He indicated that iRacing will be the sponsor of the car at Iowa, so in the Xfinity series. Well, that'll be really cool. Yeah, so now we got iRacing as a major sponsor on an Xfinity car. That's like big news. Yeah. What is his iRacing iRating? It's ten thousand above ten thousand. It's the highest. Jesus. And I forget. I I think when I watched the video too. I forget how young this kid is. I mean, he's still a kid. I mean, he's like a twenty, early twenties or something. Yeah, I think he's twenty-two or something like that. Right. When I was reading the article earlier this week. Yeah. So he's definitely uh, going up the ladder, guys. He's bringing iRacing racing with him, and that's great. So, congrats to Ty on his uh, Xfinity start coming up. Uh, next up was uh, Carlos. You had your uh, track guide video week two. Uh, you did in conjunction with Matt Busa. Tell us about that. Well, you pretty much explained it in that whole sentence. 
is right there is a track guide. Pretty much where I picked up from last year, except for doing things a little different. Maybe not as much of a detailed breakup of a lap, but kind of talk through it and we get more stats and all that, but I don't know. It's pretty cool. That a slick opening, I thought. Pretty well produced. Yeah, Nolan's kind of doing a pretty good job with that. Yeah, it looked great. And uh, obviously, it, it's interesting that you're, you have a very fast driver to work with, right? Yep. Apparently, Busa put a really good lap in the, this week, or for Atlanta, but Vegas, we're kind of not sure yet because of the big setup might change. Right. And that's what you guys always run is a fixed setup, right? Yeah, that's what it is for that series or for that those videos. All right. Uh, Brad, what's next? Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is from Twitter, I guess. I uh, really want to thank at Seabell Racing and uh, Strange Billy for their tireless work on helping us develop dirt. They've been a huge help. Yeah, he's talking about Christopher Bell, who won all three segments of the uh, truck race this week at Atlanta. And uh, Billy Strange is a very well-known dirt racer. And uh, the, apparently they've been very involved. Uh, this is what this tweet indicates and in helping, you know, uh, test the dirt product and whatnot. And these guys are you know, the best in the business. And so I just think it's so cool that, you know, we have the best dirt racers out there actually working on this and doing beta testing and giving input. It's just awesome. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And, and, and another thing is some of these other drivers that have been doing it. Uh, I know Boyer's been involved in it. And he's been doing testing with it. Uh, when you have guys that really do this kind of stuff, testing it, and they say it's cool, then it just leaves us licking our chops, you know? Right. Can we go dig Dave Blaney out of retirement? <laughs> yeah. Have him help with this? I'm sure. He's still out and about. Uh, I don't know that he's running, though. His brother runs. Apparently, he uh, went over the fence a couple weeks ago and hurt some people uh, at a dirt track. All right, uh, next up, Eric Hudek. I haven't said that name in a long time. Uh, staff at iRacing. He posted up in the th uh, forums the other day. Uh, a link to a thread and that's all he put posted but we haven't seen him post i don't know it's been over a year i guess uh, he went back to nascar and took a uh, 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 a job over there as an engineer and he was the guy who was basically tuning these uh nascar a cars for us you know as far as the downforce and uh and all that and you know designing the physics side of it so kind of cool to see that he's back. I don't know if he's back permanently. I, I think I saw Steve Myers say somewhere else that uh, he was here, uh, you know, as needed kind of thing. And they also have a different engineer that they got from Childress. So, uh, you know, when the title said he's back, 
or whatever when I saw it on the notes. I thought he referred to Hoyt Smith for some reason because it seems like he's always gone. It's about time back. for him to buy another computer and oh, come no, back, him. right? I saw him yesterday. <laughs> oh, really? He's he, around, he was huh? at a practice. <laughs> That's what I said. Wait a minute. I haven't seen his name in a while. He's back again for the 30th time. Yep. All right, Brad. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 14 cars coming up with with new stuff we learned from Porsche tires. And I was trying to read this post here real quick. Uh, I'm not really sure which cars they're going to do, but uh, the Porsche, anybody that, that got the Porsche and drove it, whether you were good in the car or horrible like me, uh, man, that's a fun car to drive. Because you can just sling that son of a gun around and really have a lot of fun with it. I guess and, the car that had the tires. Were, yeah, uh, now that's what I was going to ask. Is this really the new tire model? Is that what we're calling it? Well, it's more of an update to the current tire model. Okay. I think that's what we were saying, but I guess go ahead and just talk about what cars are getting it. Just say all the GT3s, I'm pretty sure, are getting it. Both GT1 cars, the HPD, and the. Just a handful of other road cars are getting this new update. So they liked it, so now they're distributing to at least 14 cars, is what he was saying. Yeah, so. we don't know if it's the exact same tire model the Porsche has, but we're hoping it is, just because of the way it feels. Right. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know, it, it's hard to explain. You just have to drive one to... to and And... and like Carlos was saying, whether you're fast or slow or, you know, we went and tested and I was like three seconds off pace, but, uh, it's still fun to drive. I don't I care guess, if you're getting your hind end handed to you. It's still fun to drive. I was going to say, I guess the one thing we can use to explain it, think of it, you know, we have a razor thin edge right now. If you go over that edge, you're dead. Think of this as a much wider edge. That's what I don't know how else to explain it, because that's what it feels like. You can get to the edge, but you, you know there's still some more to that edge, and you can you hopefully not step over it. And you, Like I said, you get a car sideways, you can save it easily. You feel like you can catch the car more? It feels like there's an actual sidewall to the tire. It actually feels like it's in contact with the ground, too. Yeah, you can kind of feel the sidewall flex a little bit. There's a little bit of give when the car wants to shift and the weight wants to go left or right. Yeah, I mean, like, say like now in the vet, when you feel the back end coming around, you're going around. There isn't any steering back into the slide or anything like that. You're just going around. This thing, you can steer back into it and use your brake and throttle and kind of drive your way out of it. I'm not saying it's always savable, but it's it's more forgiving. Well, even when the rear end brakes loose on you you can kind of feel it a lot more and even when you can feel when the rear end wants to grip again and you can kind of feel it resettle a lot better right well i'm hoping uh they update the tire to one of the cars i actually own because i don't have the porsche i haven't been able to try that so it sure sounds interesting i think the corvette's one of those too I think the Cadillac too. We're going to get into the the release notes here shortly. Yeah, 
But I, everybody owns a Cadillac. All right, let's move to the next topic. Uh, Steve Myers, who was real busy this last week, obviously, he, uh, he, he put somebody in his place. The, the trolling on the forums is a little out of control, as you guys might have seen. But um, he did kind of put somebody in his place uh, when they were saying the forum post about the uh, Formula Renault 3.5 car. And we've been talking about this for years, trying to get this car. But someone was saying, you know, AI racing, just, it's not important to them, so they're not trying to get this car done. And so he wrote back and said, hey, if there's one thing I really don't appreciate is someone implying that I'm lying. I think anyone that knows me would vouch for the fact that almost to a, that Almost to a fault, I tell people how it is. If you can't look at the roster of cars that we have built and figured out that we build what we get data for, then that is your problem. So the post goes on to say, uh, you know, basically that, hey, let's end this thread with some hopefully positive news. I did get put in touch with another team because of this thread, and I have sent them a list of things we need. Hopefully something comes from that. So what had happened is he got in touch with some team that has a FR 3.5. They basically didn't work with him, so the the whole thing stalled. And because of the the trolling and the various stuff that was happening, you know, on this uh, post, it got enough attention to uh, draw the attention of another team that might be able to help him out with the data for the car. So we'll see. I think we just got a Twitch follow. So All right. just ignore whatever noise that was. Shout out. Yeah, because it gave me an alert. It scared the crap out of me. I didn't realize what it was. I remembered. All right. So with that, let's get into release notes. And um, I think the big thing is 32-bit Windows is gone. DirectX 9 is gone. Mac OS and Linux are gone. That's the story of this build. What's not there, but what's gone. And so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how many iRacers are affected by this and that are still on these older systems. I've already seen at least one guy on Facebook who know, who's going to be in trouble because he doesn't have the right hardware. But we've been talking about this for, what, two years now. And now the day has come. And the day is tomorrow, actually. They had to postpone the build. It was supposed to be this morning. And they're going to do it tomorrow, apparently. So they postponed it one day. So, yeah, tomorrow will be the day. And uh, if you have DX9 or 32-bit Windows, you're going to have a problem. And then, Brad, I thought we'd just go down this list. Uh, we'd switch off. you just uh, read the next one down that you find interesting. We don't need to hit all of them, though. Well, you've already covered a few here. Um, let's see here. I thought the animation one was kind of cool. They're doing the hand-over-hand animation. 
And uh, they're adding that to many of the cars. Drives me nuts. That's why I have my hands turned off. For some of the cars that don't have it. Right. I think most of them are going to have it now. Yeah, there's at least a dozen of them here on the list we're going to add it to. I know some on this list already have it. Because I know the Xfinity Camaro already has it. I know the Audi already has it. The same with the Porsche too. Yeah, I didn't even know. I, I I don't use the driver's arms and hands at all. I don't either. Well, it could be and another I'm... thing that's a, another big update for VR users, and that's the like a, the dynamic audio. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think that'll be a huge thing to be able to hear what's going on all over. You know, three-dimensional field. Yeah, so it's supposed to be when you turn your head, the audio is supposed to change as you tilt your head. So if there's a guy beside you and you go to look at him, it's going to change the audio as you tilt your head. Wow, that's cool. So, they're they're putting a lot of stuff into the VR headsets. It seems like they're gearing toward that. You think that's the way they're they're gonna start really going with this? I mean, like we we were talking there the other day. Uh, most of us have spent a buttload of money on screens and everything else, and now they're wanting us to buy. Well, not really wanting us to, but they're gearing toward the VR headset and the sound and things like that. Uh. How how good do you think they're going to be able to make that? Well, I think they're just trying to support both. You know, I don't see that they're going that way. I think it's, hey, let's let's make it good for them too. You know, I see it. I mean, I, I think it's going to be the big technology that pushes. I think it's going to be like cell phones when they first came out, and people had those big expensive bricks, and not a lot of people had them. And then eventually, they, you know, the second and third generation come out, and then they start getting cheaper and more available, and there's more of them out there. People are more familiar with them and comfortable, and they've had experiences with them, and then they start to catch on. Yeah. I mean, 10 years from now, people might think it's ridiculous that we have triple screens, and, you know, well, why would you do that? You know, just put on your glasses. I was, I was watching a stream of some guy who had a, a GoPro or something mounted on his head with triples and it was killing me that he couldn't look down at his dashes to look at all the information. Because that's what you're getting used to with your uh, goggles? Oh yeah, because I'm so used to being able to look down and see everything in the car and look at where everything actually is, so I'm getting used to where everything in the car is and it's it's so close to what you used to because I went and drove a, an old NASCAR. I did the NASCAR experience at Charlotte Motor Speedway last weekend. And after I did some testing in the Oculus before I went, and it's really darn close. I mean, the feeling in the car as you're driving, you're not getting shaken around and you're not getting the wind that buffeting you around. But I mean, as far as the visuals in the car, it's pretty darn close as far as the spatial awareness of where everything is. You didn't freak out the instructor, did you? Oh, there was no instructor. It was no. just me. There was a spotter yeah. listening to me. I was saying, you didn't freak them out, did you? I just going out there and already. And you were on the limiter? 
I hit the limiter a couple of times. To be honest with you, it was it's it's more like flying an airplane when you go to one of those things because you're trying to watch your line on the track and they're giving you a specific RPM to run, so they tell you to do like 4,000 RPMs, and then you run a lap at that to make sure that you know the racing. Then they'll say, okay, do 4,200 RPM. So you're trying to maintain the RPM, and then as you go through the corner, you're trying to watch your throttle input to keep that RPM while watching your racing line. And it's really similar to like trying to fly an airplane and keep a heading and an airspeed and and everything level and all at the same time. There's just a lot going on, a lot more than when you're just balls out racing. Yeah, cool. I think the big thing in the build I liked uh, was new spotter packs there's two new now they say indycar spotter packs but so i my first thought was hey i can still use these in a nascar race right it doesn't have to be indycar but anyway uh one of them is chris wheeler who's been the spotter uh for over 10 years for indycar racer sebastian bourdais and then darren manning a name i haven't heard in 10 years he used to be an he's an english racer who used to be an indycar racer uh for chip chip ganassi racing so he's the second uh spotter pack so i'm very interested in trying these new spotter packs and to see you know how they sound does it do they have more information to offer you know that kind of thing Yeah, I guess it'd be cool. I still use the Chad Canals thing. Cuss pack, yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna try it and see what I think. Uh, it's any better. I just use the default. Uh, was it TJ Majors with low information setting? So I have to give them a try then. Yeah. Uh, new track, the Bull Ring at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I think we talked about this at a previous podcast, but that's going to be released as well. Yeah, I was looking here. Uh, most of the NASCAR stuff, even from the uh, the SK modifieds on up through Cup, they've updated setups. Uh, the Toyota Tundra's got a uh, engine sound and tire volume levels have been improved. Uh, there's just little tweaks. It sounds like it's not nothing really crazy. The Sprint Cup cars have been visually updated to match NASCAR's 2017 rule set. The car body is still the 2016 version. The 2017 body style is a work in progress. And the contingency decals updated to meet the 2017 NASCAR season. So I had also read somewhere, I don't know if it's later in the notes, they were saying that they were working on <clears throat> updating the uh, NASCAR A Cup car to match the 2017 rules and they might be able to release it on the 29th when they release dirt and uh, if all goes well in testing so they couldn't get that out in time for the build uh, this week either but they have been working on it so what does all that mean does that mean the car looks like it has a smaller spoiler yep yeah but smaller it spoiler. doesn't physically i mean yeah, yeah. the it. physics of it doesn't don't 
Well, I was going to say one of the things that make a smaller spo- spoiler work is that they have softer tires now. So they're not getting as much downforce, but they're getting a little more grip from the rubber. wonder if we'll be getting a new tire model or an updated tire model when they release the physics. Eventually. I think that's what they said. Yeah, I, don't I don't think I heard that. There was there's like sixteen pages of complaints and one thing from some people out there keep complaining about the are we getting a tire model or not? I don't know if they really said anything about it. You know, the final thing on the build is just tons of changes to tons of different cars. And most of them, uh, like we said, a bunch of them are the tires. Or they've updated stuff uh, related to the tires. But there's a lot of stuff with sounds and stuff, too, that's mentioned on a lot of cars. And Here's another one here about Daytona. <laughs> the road course has cones added to the apron to kind of keep people from going down there and trying to gain advantage. Aha, uh-huh, cones. Figure that'd be something for the road, guys. It is really annoying to see people. I'm not talking about, like, the apron at the start finish. This is right there in 3 and 4, 1 and 2, or whenever you go through those sweeping corners. Right. All right, so that's the release notes. That'll be tomorrow. Next up... Oh, it's a story about Eric Hudak. Uh, I, I don't know why I get these out of order, but... Uh, this is the comment from Steve Myers. It says, actually, we gained a terrific engineer from Penske, and Eric still does contract work for us. We have some updates coming for the new rules for the cup side, but we did not get them implemented in time to test them well enough and get setups made. We are going to shoot to get these changes out when dirt gets released. Steve Meyer. That's cool. Yeah, so at least we know that they're actually working on it. And how cool is it that they got an engineer from P- Pinsky, you know, helping them with physics? I'll have to figure out who that guy's name is. Uh, next, we got uh, practice and qualifying sessions for the iRacing Sebring 12 Hours. They're now open. But wait until the build. Yeah. Even though it's not really going to affect the car too much. So that's this Saturday. I'll be at work. Uh, Carlos, you playing in a team? Yeah, we were going to throw you in a car. Yeah, I have work, so. Yeah, we're just going to see what you were going to do. Then I'm going to adjust from there. How many guys do you have? Well, without you, we got five. But if we need one, Matt can do it. Well, five should be enough. It's for 12 hours. Well, we're doing two cars, so. Oh, okay. We were thinking about going hardcore and just me and Brian being the GT3 car and have everyone else in the prototype. Right. Six-hour race, huh? Twelve. Well, if it's two people, that's six hours, right? Yep. I mean, I think we can handle that. Yeah, it's no big deal. I mean, do two hours at a time, take a break, I think. All right. 
That should be a good race. Uh, now, some of those cars that are in that race are affected by the build. Is that why you're saying don't practice? Actually, the all build? four of them. Right. They all get that new tire, and it might change some things with the setup, but it's not going to be too drastic. You can go ahead and practice, and you'll still it'll be useful information for the race. All right. Next up, some guy hit me up on Facebook about a new group on Facebook called The Hub, and it's an iRacing auction house. Have you guys seen this? Nope. I have, I have not. Yeah, it's basically, he posts up a picture of some kind of iRacing equipment or something, like a button box or a steering wheel or $100 of iRacing credit, and then people pay, uh, he says, okay, the you know, it's 10 bucks to get in on this auction. And so then people PayPal him $10 and then he writes your name and once he gets the payment, he writes your name in the comments with a number. And so he has everyone's name listed one through 20. Okay, of everyone who, who put in, right? So he ends up with 200 bucks. And then he does a, a Facebook live video uh, when it's time for the drawing. And he does a random number generator thing and picks a random number of how many people there are. And whoever gets picked wins that raffle and they get that button box or whatever it is. That's so it's like neat. buying a raffle ticket for iRacing equipment is what yeah, it is. Right. And it's kind of interesting. It's not something that I would do you know i'm not gonna just send in 10 bucks and hope i can win something you know but there's a lot of people doing it there's like I, you know i was watching it and there were like you know 50 people bidding on stuff you know but there's some really good stuff he had you know some quality you know he had cockpits and steering wheels and all kinds of different things and it looks legit, but I haven't actually tried it, so don't take my word for it. <laughs> Called the Hub. All right, Brad, what's next? Uh, somebody asked about uh, how to use um, your uh, camera views and how to move them around. Uh, you hit Control F12. Then use the keys W, A, S, and D to move around. You hold Control or Alt with these keys for other camera movements. Then try Control Z while moving your mouse around. Uh, I thought most people already knew this. And then after the guy had posted, he said, I'm sorry, I didn't realize there was already a post about all this. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I just thought I would just reiterate for new people. Hey, if you, you know, you're watching a race and you're not actually driving, this is really handy, this Control F12 and W, A, S, and D. All right, next up. Uh... There's a new service out. It's called comparemylaps.com. It's a website. 
you can try it for free. No special hardware needed. And what it does is it basically captures a video of a lap that you take around the track and it, and you can put it side by side with another lap you take at the track and kind of let them play at the same time and uh, and see, you know, how the laps differ. So kind of a neat visual way to see what's going on with your laps. I haven't tried this. What do you guys think? Is this something people would use? Is it a visual overlay where it overlays both laps and kind of ghosts the cars? No, they're side by side. Okay. But there's one play button. So when you hit play, both the left and the right video play and, and synchronize, you know, they're synchronized. I got you. That's really neat. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. It says it's fifty bucks, forty-nine bucks, but you can try it for free. So I don't know. I haven't heard. I haven't actually tried this. Uh, there was a post in the forums about it, and uh, but not a lot of uh, discussion about it either. So I don't know what the situation is. But if you want to check that out, it's comparemylaps.com. All right, Brad, what do you think of this next one? Uh, golly, that's pretty cool. We're, they're uh, reviewing on uh, Inside Sim, uh, the next level racing motion platform, V3. Uh, that's pretty cool looking. It's a, uh, it's a seat that moves it's a seat base, a base for a seat, right? Right. It's pretty compact, you know. But it's it's designed to, you know, you install a seat on top of it and it moves. It's like got a, a movement thing to it where it moves the seat around like a motion cockpit would. Yeah. One of, one of my real questions about the whole thing would be... Uh, you know, if you're, if you were going to have a seat that moves, I would want my steering wheel to move with me. Bingo. Maybe not, maybe not the screens. I don't, I don't think I want them to move, but I would want, I mean, if it's leaning to the left, I don't want to be steering over here with my wheel to the right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, your butt goes to the left, but the wheel's stationary is what you're saying. Right. I want I want my wheel to go with me. Right. So that's a traditional motion cockpit, you know, like sim experience. The whole the whole uh cockpit moves, right? Right. Yeah, so this is a little different because only the chair moves. Yeah, I guess if you really I mean like they're showing like pretty good movement here in this chair in the video uh, maybe if you toned that down it wouldn't be all that dramatic but even the guy that's doing the test and i see him having to reach over to the right as he's going around a right hand turn yeah it's it's moving his body all around kind of shaking it a little bit and i mean that would be really kind of cool but uh, still want the steering wheel to move with me. Well, not a bad price. It's 
under three thousand dollars U.S. It's two thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. That's not a bad price compared to other motion uh, packages out there. Right. And I'm I'm almost sure that if you uh you know had some metal and a welder and you could weld a base for your steering wheel onto your seat right that, that you're mounting onto this thing and and probably with a little bit of engineering you could come up with something that worked for V3. Yeah, but then okay, and so then do you want the pedals to move with you too, you know? Then oh yeah. Oh yeah, if you're going if you're going to go that far, just do it all. But it is pretty cool. It's still out it's, of my it's price like an, range. what I would call it an entry level motion package. Yeah. But it's still in that price range where if I said, "Honey, I want," she'd say, "Have you lost your mind?" Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not crazy enough to get into motion. That's just so much money. I mean, I I'm saving everything I can right now to where that she doesn't really look at me like I've lost my mind when dirt comes out and they have four or five tracks and three or four cars. Yeah, I was thinking that when it comes out, I'm only going to buy one car and one track. Which one am I going to get? Because I'm not going to go crazy and buy everything. I'm just going to try it, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking go crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to try everything, huh? That's why we work, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, Fanatec V2.5 wheelbase just released. And so Fanatec has a another offering, the 2.5. And what was interesting is uh, David Tucker had some input about it. Uh, he said the advanced drift mode looks promising. Basically, drift mode is an anti-damper that tries to free up your wheel. Now they let you tune it in the opposite direction to simulate friction, so the wheel fights you a bit when turning. So some kind of nuance and force feedback, I guess he's referring to, that I'm not really aware of. Well, I, I, you know, like, when we go into a turn, say like at Atlanta, and you feel the grip leave as say you start to lose the car in drifting when you're sideways you still want some kind of feel does that make sense i mean yeah. if you were if you were racing and not wanting to lose grip that's how we tell I mean, it's visual, and you kind of feel your steering wheel losing power, I guess it is, or uh, resistance. But if you were going to try to drift the car, you still want to feel something to let you know how close to the edge you are. So maybe it's just a finite um, resistance. Yep. Yep, looks like a nice wheelbase. Uh got an updated motor and whatnot that's why it's a 2.5 so all right next up we're almost done here uh got yahoo my... yeah go, go ahead. ahead go ahead okay i was gonna say yahoo put up a video uh 
and it's about Michael Conti, who's a peak driver. And uh, this video has 41,216 views because it was published on the Yahoo front page. And obviously a lot of people have looked at it. But uh, it's about Michael and how he got involved in uh, iRacing and, you know, what his racing aspirations are. Remember, this kid is only 17 years old. That was 2015. He's at 19, I think. Or wasn't he? Yeah, so this is an old video. Yeah, I just realized that. Yeah, see, they're kind of leaked to the party. I remember this a while ago on YouTube. Somebody recirculated this on social media recently, so that's how I came across it. So, yeah, it shows him going to Las Vegas Motor Speedway and doing hot laps in a real car, basically. All right, and then, Brad, I'll let you talk about the final story of the night. Okay, it's an article in uh, autoweek.com. It's about uh, iRacing. And uh, uh, to be honest, it's, it's really cool in the fact that it brags about what we do. But it, uh, you know, it, it talks about uh, giving you the feel of going 200 miles an hour at Daytona or going through Urouge uh, at, at Spa. And um, talks about how many members and the cost and how you work up from the rookie class and uh, how much you can expect to spend on a steering wheel and things like that but uh it's really a cool article if you just want to uh if, if you are an idiot like me and post a few videos every now and then of you in a race and your friends are like do you really drive a race car and you're like no this is what i do it would be a cool little thing you could send them a link you could send them that they could understand what we do and uh Toward the end here, it talks about uh, Josh Berry uh, getting his uh, late model ride with Earnhardt and uh, Tom Majeski with Roush Fenway, things like that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, big magazine. Yeah, lots of readership there too. So. It doesn't yeah. have a it doesn't have a count of how many views uh, the article has or anything like that. But uh, Auto Week is a big magazine, man. They have a huge uh, subscription base of people. Yeah, and I think when you know it, when when they bring in, uh, it, you know, here it says that uh, the realism has drawn praises from Dale Jr., Keselowski, Rubens Barrichello. That uh, it gives it some some wheels and credit, and uh, when you sit there and you think William Byron, uh, who was just outstanding in the trucks last year, uh, says that that's how he learned how to race and knew what to do and what not to do before he ever got into a Craftsman truck. Uh, that really just shows a lot of legitimacy to what we do. Yeah, much better. Absolutely. Than, much better than that Project Cars crap. Oh, great. Here comes the hate. <laughs> uh, just waiting for the hate mail now. 
Go race their computer generated racers. You know something I've been wondering. They 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 show every now and then, say like uh, the Roush guys going to a simulator, and I've I've seen the thing. I think it was on Race Hub of them going and and getting in their simulator to test lines at Vegas and stuff. Uh, I wonder if they're using iRacing because what they had on the screen did not say iRacing. And it looked pretty much like what ours looks like, minus any of the F buttons and stuff like that. Yeah, we've heard of commercial version, versions of iRacing that are, you know, commercial license and stuff. And somebody like Ford, Ford Motor Company or Toyota. Man, I'm sure that we would work with them and get them whatever they needed, you know? Yeah, well, they, the one at uh, Ford, they, they're, they've got almost like half a car sitting on uh, the hydraulics, and the car moves and everything else as they're going around the track. It is, uh, it, it takes anything we would ever think of to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Isn't that what, uh, yeah, who's the kid, Alex Bowman, who's running the 88. He, that's all he does is do simulator stuff for Hendrick, right? I believe. Yeah, he just runs the simulator during the week, I think. Trying setups or whatever, so. Yeah, interesting. All right, well, that's it. Let's get into final thoughts. Uh, let's start with you, Carlos. What do you got? Um, I don't know. Glad to be away from Atlanta. That is all. <laughs> On to Vegas, yeah. Brian Reeves. Oh, ready for Vegas. I'm pretty happy with Atlanta. I'm really happy with the open set. kind of hoping I would get a better result out of the fix. Uh, at least one where I could finish on, you know, on the lead lap at least, or you know, not 40 laps down. But ready for Vegas. Should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Ready for uh, some really good racing. All right, and Brad Miller. Uh, looking forward to Vegas. Hoping bad luck doesn't follow me, and uh, still very optimistic. I am too. Uh, after my final thought on Atlanta is I was surprised at how well I ran. I had a top 10 with a damaged car. The other race, I was running top 10 before I got wrecked. And normally I fade on older runs, like after 15 laps, but I wasn't. I was actually going forward, not backwards on those older, older tires. And that's a first for me, if anyone knows me. And I was kind of like, whoa, how is this happening? You know, and, but it was. So I'm actually encouraged, you know, much encouraged going into Vegas, you know, based on how I ran at Atlanta. So maybe my mile and a half uh, program has picked up or, you know, was that a fluke? I have no idea. But uh, that's my final thought. Uh, iRacers Lounge wants to know what our listeners want to hear. So if you have an idea for a new topic, 
or would you like to hear more of a, a certain kind of topic or whatever, drop us a, a comment on iRacing, you know, the, excuse me, the iRacing forums. You can hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube, you name it, Twitch. I think that's it, but uh, all right, that's it. We'll see you later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.